Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, and hey, how we doing here? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your host, your mixologist, and hopefully information for the hour. We'll see how it goes. Paula's here. How are we doing, Paula? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Paula is our tiki cocktail newbie. Yes. New on the street. She basically is learning along the way, just like you guys are. Always asking the questions that you guys want to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, as she would say, what, uh, you know, I had the balls to ask the questions. Is that what it was last time? Was that the quote <laughs> we had last time? That she actually yeah. has the questions, yeah. like the balls to ask the questions. Yeah. There okay. you go. And Mark is here. Mark is our tiki expert. How are we doing, Mark? We're doing okay. Awesome. So you're the teacher, I'm the student. Yeah. Well, That's right. Well, you're, well, you're the well, Padawan and he's like the Yoda. Yeah. <gasps> I don't know. Once again, expert is probably a bit high. There are, I'm just an enthusiast. Okay. Well, okay. I have to know. <laughs> I, I have to clarify because I even picked up Mark for the first time at his house. His house, the entire house from top to bottom is a tiki sanctuary. I mean, I've never seen so many mugs and pictures and posters and top of cloth as much as I see. I mean, you probably have more type of cloth than this shameful tiki room. So, you know what I mean? It's, it is insane. That is something that you definitely have to convince your wife to get into with you. Yeah, it's, that's not a hobby that you can do on your own. That's a that's a group effort. Oh, no, she was a willing subject. Yeah, That's, it, that's yeah. what I mean, though. Yeah. If she wasn't like a willing subject, that wouldn't have happened. No. It's something that has to be mutual. because yeah, Otherwise, they would be in the basement. Yes. Like we I'm are. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm <laughs> sure. And if it does sound a little different, guys, it's because we went mobile. We're actually over at Paula's house. We're yes. in her domain. We're in Paula's Palace right now. That's a really cool name for a tiki bar. Paula's Palace. Yeah. I just saw Chipmunk run by. That's yeah, awesome. no, see, it's a means to get some wildlife <laughs> going on over here. Yeah. You should wait for the turkeys and, and the, the deers. <laughs> we have a lot of, of everything. That's insane. This it's backyard crazy. really is a... The life of the party. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. You can stay hours looking. And What's it mean? Like you've told me before, you get up in the morning and you're like looking at your back door and there's a deer. Yep. Like just wow, that's amazing. We have different rodents in our neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday I went to pee actually, and I'm like, "Honey, come see. There's a deer." <laughs> like Woo-hoo. from the bathroom and, window. And uh, Mark is what is in your backyard? Yeah. Oh, they have long, skinny tails and uh, oh, chipmunks or squirrels? No. Uh, we have rats. mice. We have mice. rats. Okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, he's, he's giving you the clues. Long, skinny tails. I've got chipmunks, and they have long, skinny tails. No, no. they don't. They're not long. <laughs> they're not skinny. They're fluffy. There you go. So, but you have little mice because we have little mice. Here. No, no, we don't have mice. We have rats. Oh, really? Like rat Ooh. rats? Rat rats. Wait, wait. Like like New York rats? You no, know, no, no. I don't no. think anywhere has New York rats. Just <laughs> yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. they're way too big. Yeah, yeah. they're not dragging pieces of pizza away. No. <laughs> Those are the size of freaking the ones dogs. That take, well, the, yeah, New York rats will take your cat away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. They will literally fight your cat. That's to, right. Anywho. <laughs> what are we talking about today? So today we're going to talk about the mint julep cocktail. 
Very cool cocktail, especially around this time of year. There's lots of mint because out in the backyard here in the wild blue wonder of uh, Paula's Palace, there is tons <laughs> of mint to be picked. Yes. For sure. Okay, so you did it in, in homage of coming over to my house? That's why I figured, you know what? There's lots of mint over here. Why not? Let's uh, pick some that mint and make a drink out of it. And then he forgets the booze that goes in it. I know. I forgot the booze. And the glass. <laughs> it's like... So we're not having the drink, folks. <laughs> no. I can't do a pucker face, and I can't give you guys my opinion. No, no. You're because still... we don't have the drink. We have mint. We have tons of mint. Yes. But you're still having your blue Hawaiian, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> I got here. If you're in the room, there is a blue Hawaiian in my hand. That's it. Simple and as that. As soon as I got here, she's like, oh, thank God. It's been two weeks. I haven't had a blue Hawaiian in two weeks. Please make me one. I've just, I give, I've given up. <laughs> I've given up trying to make them myself. Like, obrigada. Yes, but you said it the female way. Obrigado. <laughs> well. It's obrigado. Obrigado. Isso. Perfeito. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> So why were, we, why were we saying thank you, by the way? Do you want to explain to our listeners what, what was going so, on upstairs in the kitchen? A couple months ago, Craig we, was telling me that he tried making caipirinha and that it sucked, that it was the most awful drink he ever made in his life. Yeah. And I told him, okay, so next time my friend Ingrid's here, which is, she's Brazilian, I said, I will have her make a caipirinha, the original, and I'll film it to you and I'll send you the way she, she makes it. Mm -hmm. So I did. <laughs> and he got the video and he's like, this is absurd. She puts 10 spoons of sugar, sugar. in the drink. Yeah, that was... can't be right. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, whatever. So he never made it, right? He, he didn't really trust the, the process. Mm -hmm. So today, she was here at my house when he arrived. And I said, would you like her to make you a legit caipirinha? And he's like, yes. So he gave it a go. And then he thanked her. As soon as she handed him the, the cup with the caipirinha, he said, obrigado. Obrigado. Isso. Olá. Perfect. <laughs> and Mark got one too. So there you go. Yeah. Obrigado. There we go. Very good. <laughs> there we go. So did you like the original caipirinha? Yes. That's awesome. I, I'm definitely going to make it that way from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's awesome. You got to yeah. trust the process, dude. I got to trust the Brazilian. That's what I got to yeah. <laughs> Not the process. <laughs> you you, you know, have you, to trust the craziness. That's right. So can we get a Colombian in here to show me how to roll a cigar? Okay. And we'll just, it'll be all perfect. There we go. <laughs> I'm sure you could, just not from me. I have zero contacts in Colombia. <laughs> I'm sure your dad does. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. As Justin would say, it's Italian mafia. <laughs> oh, it's true. That's true. It's not Colombian. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. Is oh. this mint julep? This doesn't sound like the name of a tiki drink. Is it tiki? No. So it's not exactly tiki. I don't know. This is a tiki show. I know. Um, but what it is, is the drink of the Kentucky Derby, which just ran actually in September 5th of this year. So I figured, you know what? Kentucky Derby, we're out here in the mint uh, of all mints. Why not make the mint julep? I see. With Kentucky Derby, is, isn't that like wrong time of year for it? Yeah. So because of COVID, what ended up happening is that the Kentucky Derby is usually ran in the first Saturday of every May, beginning of the year. And so because of COVID, they kind of put a hold on it. And so now it was ran on September 5th and it was all virtual. There was not a person there, unfortunately, in the stadium, but they actually did all the betting. There's still tons of betting to go on and lots of money to be made. Um, I did watch the race. It was okay. It wasn't like, you know, breathtaking, whatever, but uh, it was a pretty cool race as usual. Wait, it's a two day event and it has one race. Yeah. So there are multiple races. I mean, so like, you know, if you ever watched like UFC, you know, mm -hmm. or a boxing match 
right? Like a boxing match is like this one main, the main card. Okay, I see. And then there's always the main little, event of the night. There's like little cards underneath. Yeah, I exactly. Okay. So it's the same thing with the horse race. There's tons of horse races there. And then the Kentucky Derby itself, that main race is only ran on Sunday. I think it's Sunday. No, sorry, Saturday. It's on, that's ran on a Saturday. Exactly. It is a two-day event. So it goes from Saturday to Sunday, I guess. After the race, there's tons of things to do. Uh, there is a museum there, by the way. I, actually, Kentucky Derby Museum, which is pretty cool. And it's in Kentucky, I'm gathering. In Kentucky, okay. that's right. <laughs> no, it's in New Orleans. <laughs> Who knows? Like nowadays, you know, things are getting very, you know, World Weird. Wild Web or whatever. And That's right. You can be anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> so we, we could have the Kentucky Derby right here. <laughs> Like, you never know. You really never know. Like, I know it sounds like a very stupid question, but you just never know at this day and age. Okay, well, my money's on Justin. I think he can outrun all of us, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. He beats me, for sure. <laughs> is this a bet? Yeah. yeah, yeah. A bet. My money's on Justin. <laughs> my money's on Justin, too. Wait, what? what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> if we're having a race. If we had a race here... Justin would win the race I between so all too. four of us. Okay, yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be sitting on the sidelines going, just let me know when you guys are done, okay? I was a smoker my whole life. <laughs> Give me a break. 25 years of smoking. Of course I'm on the sidelines. Hey, That's let right. me, wake me up when you guys are done. No, no, I, 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 wait, I need a correction here. Hang on. Mark would win the race if it was a bottle of rum at the end. Like at the finish line, there was a big, huge, you know, free bottle of rum. He probably would outsprint us. That had to be one at the beginning too, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to give him energy to start. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, what if I don't finish? Right, That's I have to have incentive to run. That's right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how did this this drink start? Okay, so the term julep actually goes all the way back to 600 AD. It was a word that basically essentially was used to mean medicine. So the American mint version of the mint julep, so there's American version of the julep, uh, the drink, is a primary medicinal light alcoholic and often contained camphor. Yes, and that, the funny joke is when we are reading a script earlier, Mark, for his voice test, actually <laughs> said camphor, camphor, and I didn't clue in. And I'm like, Cam doesn't have fur on him. What are you talking about? And then I finally got the joke. Camphor. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Oh, it's a lovely coat. It's ribboned with camphor. It's written with camphor. <laughs> I dropped the... Boy, is cam in season right now? No, oh. no, you have to get them in the spring. Oh, <laughs> let's please go shooting. Let's go shoot cams. Oh, no. I'm joking. <laughs> it's cam season, mark season, cam season, mark season. Okay. Uh, the licenses are so expensive. <laughs> okay, well, can you now explain what camphor is for those who don't know, maybe? Sure. So camphor is actually used today in things like Vicks VapoRub. So it actually still does have medicinal properties. But also weird, it goes, it goes so it goes from Vicks vapor oil, but it also is used in turpentine oil. So, so you go from something that's like, this is really healthy for you, and this could kill you. Yeah, I'm going to put this in a cocktail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is turpentine oil? <laughs> I don't think it removes like uh, paint. paint. <laughs> <gasps> okay. Yeah, paint remover. Basically, it's paint remover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, in Brazil, we use it as um, medicinal also for like rubbing on your, your skin for pain. Right. So, like, my my mom, if she was with a lot of back pain, she would ask me to rub camphor on her. It's like a alcohol, right? It's rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Very thick smell. Mm -hmm. 
but and it removes the pain. It's like almost like it sucks the pain out of you. Wow. It's great. Awesome. The mint julep also was promoted by Churchill Downs, an association of the Kentucky Derby since 1938. Ooh. All the way back. Wow, that's a long time ago. So, no. so what, uh, other than the mint, what yes. else is in there? Okay, so let's go through it. So we're going to go to Paula's Garden here. I'm going to pick out eight to ten mint leaves. Nice, big, you know, big ones. Uh, then we're going to do a half ounce of simple syrup and two ounces of bourbon. Now, the bourbon that they use at the Kentucky Derby, and the one that I love and I probably would use for this, is the Woodford Reserve. Woodford Reserve is a great bourbon. Uh, it's... Yeah, I think it's made in the States. Um, it's very uh, easy to find here in Canada as well. It's pretty well almost everywhere. Um, so the, pro the the thing I want to mention to this when it talks about the bourbon here is that you want a good bourbon. You don't want to go and get a $7 bottle of bourbon, like a cheap bourbon or something, because it is literally, if you think about it, other than mint and simple syrup, it is the only thing in this drink. Yeah. So if you got one out and got something really cheap and almost like, I say like turpentine, you know, or like rubbing alcohol, almost like, um, then yeah, it's not going to be a good drink and you're probably going to end up with a hangover or a massive migraine. So yeah, choose a really good bourbon. Um, you know, you can always Google it on if you don't know what quite bourbons to go with. And uh, yeah, it's literally those three ingredients. So let's go through actually some techniques and how to make this drink. It is a very simple drink and there is only a few ingredients, but there's a very specific way that it needs to be made. And how was that? So what we're going to use is a silver cup. Silver cup? Yes. Yeah, so the mint so, julep actually has a very special cup. It's been around since, basically, since the, uh, the 1800s. And it is a silver cup. Um, and it's about probably the size of a double old-fashioned glass. What you're going to do is you're going to add your simple syrup into there and your mint. And you're going to muddle that. Now, we talked about muddling anything at all, especially mint. What you're going to do is you're going to press down and turn. You're not going to pulverize or pound it. You're going to just basically... To, uh, put the pressure on it and turn and press. Then you're going to add the bourbon and then you're going to add um, half a cup of basically crushed ice. I mean, what I mean by half a cup, I mean the half of the cup's volume with crushed ice. So you're going to do that. Now what you're going to do is you can take a swizzle uh, stick, if you have one, like Mark has one. If you're not, you're like me, you got a bar spoon, a nice long bar spoon. And what you're going to do is you're going to put that down in the middle of the drink and you're going to kind of twirl the spoon back and forth inside the drink, kind of mixing things up inside the drink. So then until the point where the cup is nice and frosty on the outside. So if you ever had a Moscow Mule at a bar, you'll see that it's nice and frosty on the cup or mug. It's the same thing on this one. So you want to be nice and frosty on the silver on the silver cup. You're going to add a straw, and then you're going to add more crushed ice to it to the point where it's like overflowing to the point where it's like a snow cone. And then you're going to add the mint for garnish. So where you put the straw, is that super important? Yeah, so the, pro the straw should be not too long. You want kind of a short straw. And you want the straw to be close to the mint garnish. So then every time you take a sip, you actually are smelling the mint. You're getting the aroma of the mint. Um, I'm sure Mark can concur on this. When it comes to some drinks, the aroma is just as important as the taste of the drink. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like a Mai Tai with the mint and the lime and the and the uh, painkiller with the uh, empty... Nutmeg. Nutmeg, yeah. Ding, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> How's that rum going down there, Mark? <laughs> yeah, so you want the straw to be basically not a really long straw, and you want it to be close to the mint. So every time you take a sip, that you're actually smelling the the mint. It is part of the whole drink. It's a whole process. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Now, this drink uh, goes back quite a ways, obviously. So is there any like uh, peculiarities in how you're supposed to drink it? 
Yeah, so what we're going to do is when you make this drink, and when they make it at the Kentucky Derby, and I was watching the, the videos on this, it's pretty interesting, is that they actually you never actually touch the cup with your fingers when you're making this, or even drinking it. So what ends up happening is because it's silver and it gets frosty from the ice, if you have your fingerprints on it or you've, you've touched it with your fingers, that part will not freeze. I, I mean, I never thought about that, but actually it's true. Same thing on a Moscow Mule. Wherever you touch with your fingers, your fingerprints will show up. So when they make these uh, mint juleps at the Kentucky Derby, they don't touch the glass with their fingers. They actually use a napkin. So even when you're drinking it and you're in the stands with your nice, fancy, you know, big, giant hat hmm. on the lovely day watching the race, you're going to have a napkin to hold the cup while you're drinking it. Oh, very cool. It's kind of like the 151 swizzle then. There you go. Exactly, yeah. yes. Because yeah, that one's the same thing. And that's that. Very, very fancy. That is very fancy. But everything you know? in the in the derby is usually fancy. Well, no? hello, it's the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. <laughs> pate and win. Pate. Pate. Hats. <laughs> oh, hats. Oh, those oh hats are gorgeous. That's like, that's the bulk of the show, right? The hats. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. That's crazy. Like, you have to bring a fantastic woman with you. I too. bet you, well, they go shopping for like weeks to get the right hat. Oh, yeah. For sure. To oh, go yeah. with your outfit. Or well, I've seen some of the... They the, have them made, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen some of the... I don't know if you ever watched the uh, the Housewives on uh, Bravo or Slice TV. I, I try not to. Okay. Well, on there, there's a couple of Housewives. I think the <laughs> Beverly Hills one, and I think the New York ones have gone down to Kentucky Derby. And, of course, these girls have got hats. They're like, you know, yeah, $50,000 hat. You know, it's like, it's, it's a hat. <laughs> it's like, but apparently it's $50,000. And you can only use it once, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, yeah, it's really big. Like, imagine <laughs> imagine how many hats Queen Elizabeth and Kate Middleton and all these people have. Like, in England, you have to use a little hat with every single outfit that you wear, almost, yeah. for, like, important situations. And then you never wear it again. You never wear them again. You haven't... You, I bet you that you can't find two pictures of Queen Elizabeth with the same hat. I, I could see that. I could totally see that. I bet you. In, in what, almost 100 years that she's lived. Exactly. So where do all those clothes go? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's like, it's like. Well, she lived in a pretty big home. I'm sure that she So there's just a room of just like, okay, this is the room of, and this, this and is the room of hats over here we have. Oh, yeah. There's for, about 80,000 sure. 80, hats we figured out so far in the last uh, 80 years. Like even Kate Middleton, <laughs> that's been, what, not even 10 years with the royal family? Yeah. You won't see her? You, I don't oh, no. Yeah. Now, here's actually a cool fact. I know this is that Queen Elizabeth has certain colors that are her colors. Mm -hmm. So in other words, like uh, baby blue. So everybody else in the family Does cannot it, wear baby yeah, blue. Exactly. They're not allowed. That's oh. her color. Like, yeah. I think there's a specific yellow also that she loves. Yeah, like a cardinal yellow. And then that's it. Nobody else in the family can wear a cardinal yellow. Even when they're not even with her, they can't yeah. even wear that color. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I can appreciate that. She's the queen, right? Yeah. It's, well, good. it's good to be queen. Yeah. <laughs> She's the queen. Mark should know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just So you mentioned uh, the bourbon, right? Yes. What's the difference between, well, actually, what is bourbon? Okay, so let's go through a couple things. And I, this is one of those questions I get asked as a bartender a lot in my industry. So people here, well, Craig, there's whiskey, there's bourbon, there's rye, there's scotch, there's Irish whiskey. What are all these things? Are they all in common or are they all completely different? And why are they different and what, where do they come from? So let's go through a couple of them. So the bourbon whiskey, that's the one we're talking about on this, on this recipe, has to be 51% or more of corn from the States to qualify as a bourbon. It has to be 
uh, aged for at least three years, and it has to be put into a new charred oak barrel. And what I mean by that is that it made basically a brand new barrel. And what they do is, especially in Jack Daniels, you'll see videos of this all the time, they actually torch the inside of the barrel, um, burn it basically, really, and then that is now charred. And what that does, actually, those will, characteristics of that barrel now will go into the bourbon. So you'll get like a smoky taste. You'll get maybe a caramelization from the wood. Uh, sometimes vanilla will be in there. Um, all kinds of things will come out of the wood because you've charred it now. So, uh, yeah, so 51% of it has to be least corn to qualify, and it has to be made in the States. Now, that's for the States. Are there other countries, including Canada, have their own bourbons? Yes, they do. So here's how it works, because you're like, well, wait a minute. Now, you just said it came from the States, and that well, doesn't make sense. So what it is is that, you know, through time now, these things have evolved. And so you can actually get the corn from the States and then transport it and make your own bourbon. So example, like say in Tokyo, they have bourbons. And what they do is they have to have 51% or more corn in that bourbon, and it has to come from the States. So I think it's called home to product kind of process. So in other words, what it means by that is that that is a still American-made product in some ways. It has American items in it. So that's mm. how that basically happens. Um, how about whiskey? So let's go through the whiskey. So there's different kinds of, well, these are actually all whiskeys, but let's go through some more specific whiskeys. Let's go through a Tennessee whiskey. So Tennessee whiskey is obviously created and made in Tennessee. Again, it has to be 51% corn. And so that one is the same thing, chart arc barrels and three years. Now the rye whiskey for the longest time was only made in Canada. When you ever heard of a rye whiskey, it was always was just basically a Canadian product. You never heard it from anywhere else. The States now is getting very popular with rye whiskey, and so is the Asian uh, culture is also getting very popular with the rye whiskey. So with that one, is it has to be at least 51% rye-based. Uh, anything else we can be added after that, by the way, on all these. So 51% of it has to be rye from Canada, by the way. Rye is kind of like, um, how would you call it, like a grain, I guess, in some ways, yeah. Uh, Mark? Yeah, because we make rye bread. Exactly, exactly yeah. Yeah, so has, this one, the difference on this one, it has to be two years minimum to be um, qualified as a rye whiskey. And same thing, chark oral barrels is that one as well. Now, when we talk about barrels, uh, when it's happening is that you'll hear a distiller, when, especially when they're talking about making their, their whiskeys and stuff like this, you hear a term called angel's share. And what is that? So angel's share is when the percentage of the product in the barrel actually evaporates, which is a natural thing to happen. And it is said that the heavens angels get their cut or their share oh, of the that's product. Cute. That must be one hell of a party up there. You've got yeah. rum, whiskey, vodka, <laughs> the whole kit and caboodle. And that's why you're <laughs> supposed to be a good boy down on earth. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and that's to show you too that the um, rums that are like aged for a very long time, yes. they're going to have a much higher angel share than something like scotch or Irish whiskey just because of the temperature and uh, where they're from. Oh, so the climate basically, you mean like because it's hotter and it's a little more moist. So mm -hmm. it means that there's more or less, sorry, there's more rum coming out of the barrel evaporating than it is any other product probably. Yeah. Wow. That's going to suck as a distiller. It's like, great. I have to make more barrels now. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. just to get the same product. Jeez. <laughs> I wonder how much is the actual loss? Like, I think when I read it somewhere, it was something like 5%. It's oh, not a it's high not number. Too, too bad. It's like 5%. Yeah, but you have like 100 that. barrels. Yeah, add that up. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it does add up for quite a bit. And also, too, we can imagine the aroma. Because like it's, like, it's it's evaporating. It's in the air, right? Mm -hmm. So you actually have bourbon, whiskey, in the air. You're drunk working there. You're just smelling it. it. 
It's like and you're inhaling it, like you're vaping it. Like, <sighs> yeah, I've been to a couple of distilleries, and yeah, you can just uh, you just smell it. It's great. It's in the air. Yeah, never leave. <laughs> and Mark's like, uh, the, I know the tour is over, but I want to stay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> did you know? I, I did, did not. not. There we go. So we're actually going to talk more information about the Derby, the Kentucky Derby, because that's actually one of the main things we're discussing today. And so here's some cool facts about the Kentucky Derby. So since 2006, the Churchill Downs also serves an extremely premium custom-made mint julep cocktail, and it costs $1,000. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, come on. There's okay. also another one that's $5,000. Okay, what, what could possibly make a drink this expensive? Well, so what it is, is that the mint julep is actually served in a gold-plated cup. So it's, yes, it's gold-plated. And with a silver straw, it comes in a very special case. And it's made with Woodford Reserve bourbon. So, you know, we've talked about LA million-dollar listings. You know, they go through the house, like, okay, this table was made in, you know, Japan. And the lights were made in the Alps somewhere in uh, Tahiti or something <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah, it's like every part of the house has come from somewhere around the world, of course. Yeah. So it's the same thing with this drink. So let's go through some of the items in this mint julep. So it is with reserve bourbon that's used. The mint is imported from Ireland. Oh, come on. That's oh, a lie. It's from my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> the spring water ice cubes are from Bavarian Alps. Really? And the sugar is from Australia. <laughs> I made it through there. Here we go. I think he's getting older. He's starting to lose English too. <laughs> it's true. Like, or he but learned a Portuguese word today that loses like two English words. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. It's a trade-off. Medicinal and Bavarian. It's impossible. That's it. I, I gain one Portuguese and lose two English yeah. along the way. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going, I am from Brazil, and I even know how to pronounce that. <laughs> there you go. So, so the most important part about the whole $1,000 or the $5,000 is, yes, it's obviously some pretty expensive stuff in there, but the proceeds actually are used to support a charity that basically uh, helps the retired racehorses. So, you know, like after they're finished racing and they're done breeding and stuff like this, it's called the Old Friends, and it provides a dignified retirement for the thoroughbreds that have raced and been breeding. So it's pretty cool. So in other words, like, yeah. you know, oh. don't take, you know, what's the, the the horse that they they take out to pasture? No, I don't know. Wait, is it a horse they take out to pasture? Yeah. Or is it a dog they take out to pasture? No, they don't take dogs to pasture. No, they go to the dog house. <laughs> they go to the dog house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so instead of taking the horse out to pasture, yeah, they actually, right. they, yeah, they, they take care of them. And it sucks too because actually, if a horse breaks the leg. They have, then he dies. Yes. they have to put them down. They have to put them down. Yeah. Um, so actually in the Calgary Stampede, which is like every year, <laughs> apparently there's something like five to six horses on average actually have to be put down from the, the, the events. It's usually the um, the wagon races Yeah, that the horses will break a leg and they go, okay, well, there's nothing we can do. So they put them <laughs> like... Like, that, really? That's the one Seriously? event. That's the one thing that you can't say. Oh, go out there and break a leg. You know, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I think, well, be, I'm dead. <laughs> I think if the horse owners actually break a leg, they should have to shoot them too. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you broke a leg, Tommy. Guess what? Guess what? I'm sorry. <laughs> rules are rules. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh God, we're getting meaner and meaner. <laughs> Well, you're getting nicer and nicer. We're getting meaner and meaner. There you go. It's a fair trade, right? It is a fair trade. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I'm, I am becoming too Canadian. <laughs> Do you know that this last week I celebrated four years in Canada? 
Hey, hey, it's awesome. Yes, on September 19th. So how does it feel to be four years in Canada? Very Canadian. There you go. <laughs> more and more by the minute. But again, it's funny. She says more Canadian, but she doesn't like poutine. No. <laughs> oh, she doesn't like cheese. I don't like cheese. Oh, so that's mean to cheese. Okay. Like, I, I like the, the potatoes, but the gravy, it's fine enough. Yeah, because we had this discussion before we recorded. So she's like, okay. I said, well, Brazilian. She's like, yeah, well, I don't drink and I don't drink coffee. <laughs> and then Italian, I, I don't like cheese. I'm like, and, and I can- don't drink wine. And I drink wine. And Canadian, I don't like pretend. I'm like, wow, you're just running out of, of options now, I aren't do, you? <laughs> I do love maple syrup, though. There you go. And bacon. Who doesn't like maple syrup? And Come on. bacon with <laughs> maple syrup. <laughs> oh, even better. That's the best way to have bacon, isn't what, it? But Brazilians don't like pancakes with maple syrup. What do they have in their, in their pancakes, then? They don't have pancakes. Cakes. Oh, there you go. Pancakes is not a thing at all. And every time I made pancakes for Brazilians, they're like, ew. What is Why this would thing? anyone eat pancakes with this crap on top? <laughs> like, they think the whole thing is wrong. Well, don't they have any sort of, like, um, like a savory even type pancake? Yes, but we have very thin. They're more like crepes. Crepes, <laughs> yeah, right. They're crepes. much more like crepes. Yeah. We have um, savory crepes, and, and we have also like nutella crepes yeah there you go yeah, let's go all right awesome so the mint julep is the traditional drink of the kentucky derby so the two-day process that's there how many mint julep cocktails do we think is basically being made how many people go in the event so there's about fifty thousand people that could be at the stands Ooh, so at least a couple drinks per person right well not everyone drinks right? yeah i know but yeah, i'm yeah. just calculating roughly because i'm right. sure there's people like mark that will drink 12 <laughs> yeah the uh uh, Twelve of the thousand dollar ones. That's, of course, yeah, yeah. you know, because you're you're a magnate. Yeah. So the actual number is one hundred and twenty thousand are finished off by the time the race is over every year. That's a lot. Wow. Yeah, it's no. funny because they um I, when, when I was in New Orleans the first time I was there I figured I'd have a drink from the south yeah. and I ordered a mint julep. Oh, yeah. it's horrible. Oh no, absolutely horrible. horrible. So I guess well, judging by the ingredients now, I know what's in it. Yeah. They must use really bad bourbon. Yeah, cheap bourbon, obviously. Right. And probably uh, no simple syrup, probably. Yeah. And uh, there was not crushed ice. It was just ice cubes. Oh, that makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah. And so now I'm going, well, now I know why it tasted horrible. Um, so let's go also to the history of the Kentucky Derby. So the Kentucky Derby is the longest running sport event in the United States of all the sports that's out there. Dates way back to 1875. Oh, wow. Woo. So the race is often called the Run. For the roses. And so what ends up happening is that when the winner wins, they get this little bouquet of roses wrapped around their neck. And it's actually 525 roses that are on that little bouquet. Also, it continues to be the most exciting two minutes in sports uninterrupted. And it's always ran nonstop since 1875 in the States, even during the process of the Great Depression, it ran. And World War One and World War Two, it still ran every year. It's like soccer in Brazil. A funny, funny um, story. A couple years ago, I went to Brazil. Yeah. It was May or something. And um, Justin was supposed to go meet me there. But we had a big truck strike, like the truckers strike. Right. So there was no gas in the gas stations. There was nothing. Right. And uh, Justin ended up not going to meet me down there because Brazil was considered in a national emergency state. So Justin's like, oh, I'm not going. I'm like, okay, I'll still, you know, be back in a week. So... I had nothing to do on a given Sunday. And I, and then Justin called. He's like, so what are you up to? I'm like, oh, just going to the game. He's like, what do you mean going to the game? Didn't you say it was national emergency? I'm like, 
yes, <laughs> the game's still on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if there's a game, I'm going. <laughs> like, I have nothing to do. That's right. The stadium is five minutes away. <laughs> Not even going to consume my gas. So well, we're good. Goes. I'm going to the game. He's like, unbelievable. You people really have no, you're delusional. Like that's not national emergency. <laughs> yeah. But you were saying upstairs when we're talking is like, you know, what we would consider chaos or insanity in some ways. You guys are like, yeah, it's just every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, eh, no, no big deal. <laughs> You've got mail. We have mail from Christopher. Yes, what's Christopher got to ask? He asks, I noticed on the show that you have mentioned at times a cocktail goes into a special glass, like a hurricane glass. Where are some places to find such items? Okay, so I'm going to give you my rundown. I wonder and then, if he means just in Canada, though. Well, no, it could be, I imagine, anywhere, right? But we're going to go, we're going to break it down for him anyway. So I'm going to give you my spew, and then Mark's going to give his, his input in this, because obviously he's like the... You know, he finds things anywhere and everywhere. So um, my suggestion to you is, um, example, like for us, we have what's called Superstore here, which is this gigantic grocery store chain here in Canada. How about Walmart? Oh, we have Walmart. We do the same thing. Um, you know, go down the glass section. And if because you, if you're starting off, you don't want to go and get something super fancy. You want to sort of start off with basics and then work your way up. Just like the, the bar tools. You don't want to go off and buy, you know, a $60 shaker when you only need a $20 shaker because you're starting to learn how to shake, you know, drinks. So it's the same thing with your glassware. So you can go to a Walmart, you can go to a superstore. One of my favorite stores, of course, in every mall, practically in, in Canada, or at least in Ottawa anyway, is Stokes. Uh, Stokes is a great kitchen uh, appliance store. And if you don't have Stokes, then yes, obviously sort of any kitchen appliance store that you have in your region is a great place to go. I do recommend, you know, there's also Amazon as well, which is a, another option. Now, the only thing about online that I've learned over the over time is that you have to be careful because what you think you're getting is not always what you're going to get. Hmm. Uh, I'll give you an example. We obviously, you know, we know the situation where we uh, we had Mai Tai as one of our classic cocktails on recently this year. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to go to Trader Vic's website. I'm going to order some Mai Tai, you know, classic glasses, like traditional glasses. I get the glasses like literally the day of the, the the podcast and they're minis. They're like maybe like six to eight out. Like they're almost like a shot glass. We were there when you opened it, yeah. weren't we? <laughs> I know. They so were, clearly they're not official size. They were adorable though. <laughs> yes. And I well, almost, that, that was one of the ones I almost brought down for you guys to, to taste the, the yeah. thing. Well, the funny thing is like, you know, for $75 for three of them, it was pretty expensive. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lesson learned. And I remember because that day Mark brought his own Mai Tai glass. Exactly. And it was the real size. Exactly. And then you get the box and you're all happy opening it and you're like, oh, oh. These are minis. <laughs> it's like, no. What happened? Like the midget version of the Mai Tai glass is <laughs> exactly, what we got. Yeah. yeah. So when you order online, obviously read the description about how many ounces are going to go into the glass. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And Mark, what were your some suggestions of where you want to go? Well, before I go on and on about the thrift stores, uh, one of the other places is IKEA. They actually have no a pretty way. cool section on glasses, especially for the double old fashioned glass, like a Mai Tai glass. I never thought of that. Yeah, they have one that's very close. Wow. And, okay. uh, and of course, it's going to be inexpensive and you can get as many or as few as you want. Oh, okay. I've never thought, I've always thought of furniture at Ikea, but I never thought of glassware from Ikea. Yeah. Okay, that's very cool. And of course, the other one, especially if you're looking for like a special coupe glass or something like that, go to a couple of thrift stores. They're, they're less than a dollar each. 
And especially if you're um, learning for the first time, and you just want to try a drink, you can get some fancy ones. And also martini glasses, like martinis are, have come and gone out of things. So there's always uh, some kind of different martini glass there. You know, it's not because it's going to match in your cabinet or anything. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, retail is going to be a lot more expensive, especially if you're trying to learn how to do something. Like I got a whole bunch of coupe glasses there. And uh, it was probably from some wedding and they uh, turned them all in and I got uh, a whole bunch of coupe glasses for 25 cents each. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause like actually when I was at the thrift stores, this is probably about two, three months ago. Oh, no ways before COVID. So actually probably about eight months ago. Uh, I was there for something else. We can't remember what it was, but I went down the glassware section and I didn't even think about this, that, you know, just think about it because everything's donated to the thrift store, right? It's donations. So grandma, 85 year old you know, lady, maybe she's cleaning out her cupboards and she's got some antique you know, glassware from, you know, a hundred years ago or something. And she donates that. So there's some really cool glassware that you're not going to get anywhere online or even in a store somewhere. So yes, there is some, there's some gems and there's some treasures for sure to find it in the, th in the thrift stores. Yeah. The, also the, uh, if you're looking for like tiki mugs, there are a couple of uh, bartender places online where you can actually order tiki mugs. Of course, they're not going to be a, they're going to be like a six pack or whatever like that, but they're fine too. But and the other thing too, in this day and age, there's a number of uh, tiki bars out there that are trying to sell stuff. And if you're looking for like authentic tiki mugs from tiki bars, you can order from them online. Exactly. And like I, I just mentioned in my story there, do check out the volume size on those things. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> you're thinking you get a mug and it ends up being a shot glass. It's not going to work for you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it's also <laughs> the same thing with the um, scorpion bowls. There's smaller ones. Yeah, exactly. There's little, they're, they're adorable. Yeah. They're again. great. <laughs> it's like, well, the same thing as a martini glass, you know, a friend of mine's like, he's like, he, he ordered martini glasses online and they came in and they were like the gigantic, like, you know, sex in the city ones, like 20 ounces. They were huge. It took forever to fill this thing. I mean, no, no, you would need like a little a martini glass, like a six to eight ounce little martini glass. So he actually did the opposite. He got these gigantic ones that obviously won't even fit in the cupboard. You know, <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah, so check out the volumes. Uh, shop around too, because I mean, there are some overpriced stuff out there too. You want to be careful for sure. Yep. Cool. So that is their show. Hope Aww. that uh, we answered uh, Christopher's question there, by the way. And by the way, if you ever do have a question and you want to send it in, just send it in to tikicentralcanada at gmail.com and uh, we'll put it on the show. And uh, oh yeah, so that is some information about the Kentucky Derby and about the mint julep cocktail, which has got a lot of history, it looks like. And uh, it looks really simple, so it's a good drink, you know, fast and easy on a nice hot day. And uh, yeah, we got tons of mint here, so we got to go be, do some pickings. Hmm. Uh, that's mm. right. So, anyways, that is our show. So let's tell everybody who we are. We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca or .com. There we go. And on that page, you will find the recipes to the show and also all the details to the show. So we have some links in there for you guys. And also, too, is uh, Mark's Adventures. So if you want to check out any of the stuff on Mark's Adventures, he always has tons of tiki bars. Like I said, I was at his house today in the sanctuary of so many tiki mugs from so many bars. It was insane. I was just floored to see how many there were. Um, and then also, too, uh, we also have an episode page, a recipe page. So on those, all you have to do is click on whatever one you want. And it's going to bring you down to where you want to be. And then when you're done reading and you want to go back up to the top, you just click on the right angle. So there's a, on the right bottom right hand corner, there's an arrow and it brings you right back up to the top of the page. Super easy. Modern. Modern times. Go figure. Next year is going to be voice recognition. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The only thing is it's not going to understand drunken ease. Yeah. I'm my tie. <laughs> 
Did you say hurricane? No, my tie. <laughs> uh, speaking about that, we're going to go off and make some drinks. Uh, obviously, Blue Hawaiian is almost gone. Oh, my God. Yep. And the Caprina is now empty, so uh, we'll have to go double up on those. Oh, and yeah. uh, we'll definitely see you guys next time. Appreciate it, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. You didn't say hello, huh? Aloha. I didn't say aloha. <laughs> Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? It sounds like it could be the front of my microphone, doesn't it? This is no longer the front of my microphone. This is the front of my microphone, <laughs> yeah. not the front of my microphone. <laughs> <laughs>